We are back. Warp and Move Radio, RadioNext.tv at the Cool Groove site. We come to you on Wednesdays from 11 to 11.50. Glad to do so. Introducing Christians to each other and other folks around Indianapolis who are doing good based on our tagline coming out of Titus 3, 1, 8, and 14. Do good, do good, do good. That's our focus. That's what we want to emphasize uh, consistently, our Christians who are doing good around Indianapolis. Uh, we are promoted and sponsored by the Cominius Institute. At the Cominius Institute, we cross three bridges. The first bridge is into college. Uh, I teach down at IUPUI with a great set of colleagues and faculty. Glad to be there. Uh, teach a course called Reading, Writing, and Inquiry, baseline freshman course, helping students learn how to think. But I'm also engaging young Christian college students with uh, the kinds of questions that they might have about their professors and the, and the issues uh, that arise on a college campus that they might not have heard about before those kinds of things, uh, talking with faculty, students, uh, all different kinds of folks there. The second bridge we cross is, is in the community, which is what we're doing right now with our radio show. We've been doing this for four years now. Glad to be able to be on uh, the air with HB Bell and Radio Next. Thankful for this outlet and grateful for the opportunity to introduce each other to each other around Indianapolis in community. The third bridge that we cross is into culture. By culture, I mean anything that has to do with an interpretation of the events around us. And so you can pick up on this uh, through our websites, cominiusinstitute.org or .com, or my own personal website, warpandwoof.org. That's W-A-R-P-A-N-D-W-O-O-F.org. You can also go to our Cominius Institute YouTube channel where you can find all of our video. So the cultural connection, uh, if you want to check out something like Truth and Two, where we're teaching Christian truth in two minutes, one Christian truth in two minutes. It's all story-based. Uh, it's done with a great digital help by our uh, wonderful uh, digital helper, uh, Josh Collingwood. We're grateful for his work, and we do that every single week as well. But today, we are grateful to be here uh, once again to introduce you to a group from Indianapolis that is doing good, Circles Indie. So you can go to Circles indie.org and find out all about these good folks and the kinds of work that they're doing. Uh, we're introducing you here today to Marie and Jill from Circles Indie. Thanks ever so much for being with us. It's great to be here. Thank you. We're grateful for your good work. So the very first thing we always do with everybody is uh, do a little bit of bio. So tell us a little bit about yourselves, uh, whatever you'd like, and then we'll launch into uh, Circles Indie. I'm Marie and um, wife and mother, mother to three. Um, I wear two hats professionally. I'm a part-time bivocational pastor at Garden Baptist Church on the west side. And the other hat is I am the coordinator of Circles Indy here in town. And we're in coming up on our ninth year of having Circles in Indianapolis. That's wonderful. And I'm Jill Chapel, and I uh, similar to Marie, I'm a wife and mother of three kids. Um, uh, professionally uh, pharmacist that does clinical research working from home um, and uh, BRICS Alliance board member. Um, Circles passionate volunteer and have been involved with Circles uh, for about eight, eight years now. Mm, that's great. Thanks ever so much for sharing about that. And so just by the way, Jill, uh, so if we have any drug needs, we come see you. Is that right? <laughs> I can answer questions. You can answer questions. Nice, nice, nice group there on that. That was good. Yeah, so we're talking about Circles Indie. The very first thing, obviously, we need to talk about is what in the world is that and what do you do around Indianapolis? Why is it called Circles? Let's start there. 
Circles is a relationship-based poverty initiative that encircles um, motivated uh, under-resourced neighbors who want to get to a better place. And we do that um, by recruiting uh, people who want to, to make a difference in the world and teaching them to be allies, then matching them with those motivated individuals that we call circle leaders. They form a circle and they um, develop an intentional friendship over the course of 18 months where um, they don't try to fix each other, but they walk alongside each other and really cool things happen mm. as a result. This is a, this is an interesting uh, way that you phrased this. You said under-resourced neighbors. So what are they under-resourced in? Um, it's not just financial. Yeah. It's not <laughs> just financial. No, no. Um, it can be uh, a variety. It can be uh, uh, family uh, relationships. You wanting to have uh, a family, you, they live here, but family is elsewhere or, or whatever dynamic. Uh, it can be health. It can be... Um, um, one thing we talk about is social isolation. So, yes. um, but um, you know, well, it, 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 poverty, um, financial poverty is, is a focus, but it's okay. not the only resource yeah. that we address. One thing is community. The, the um, need for community is, is huge. And um, we believe that real, real change comes from relationships. And um, that's why we harness the power of community to bring change. Mm -hmm. That's great. And I love the word harness. Mm -hmm. You're harnessing community to bring change. That's really good. I wanted to jump back to something uh, that you just mentioned, Jill, which, you know, just kind of, if anybody's listening to, to this, hearing these words, and they're hearing the words social isolation, Wow, this is a big deal. I mean, loneliness is a big deal. Mm -hmm. uh, we actually now have, uh, just this past year, for instance, uh, Great Britain announced that they have uh, somebody on their cabinet that uh, speaks to the prime minister, and his department is something like the Department of Loneliness. I mean, they actually yeah. <laughs> have somebody like this now. So talk about why social isolation is uh, so such a problem, uh, even in, in Indianapolis. I think it, it affects people from all all backgrounds and, and walks of life. Of you know, people come out to volunteer with us in order to build relationships and have a um, uh, to engage themselves in community, just as well as the folks that are trying to um, uh, you know the, the motivate their yeah to trying to navigate. Um, and become financially uh, self-sufficient, you know, can get caught in um, monotony of, of, mm -hmm. of um, the same thing over time and not being able to meet people from, you know, different life experiences. And so that's kind of the underlying premise of Circles is bringing people together from different life experiences helps everybody. Right. <laughs> we, we emphasize it's a two-way uh, relationship in, okay. in, in all cases. The other side of the coin of social um, battling social isolation is tapping into social capital. Mm -hmm. So one of the things that that um, people in middle class particularly don't realize that they have is social capital. What mm -hmm. we know is that uh, we cloister ourselves in our society socioeconomically. Um, usually, 
people in crisis or people in poverty, our under-resourced neighbors, only know people that are in poverty. And so uh, if we want to suggest that there is a another way or if a person wants to get to another place, they oftentimes don't know who to talk to, who to emulate, who to uh, even uh, express their desires to that can offer an alternative way of, of living or mm-hmm. other other thoughts. So when you come to circles as that middle class volunteer, you know, they say, well, what do I have to do? I said, well, you don't have to do anything. In seminary, I, I learned this phrase, ministry of presence. Mm-hmm. And I, I use that phrase a lot. Is It's about showing up. Yeah. Now, as a middle class person, there are some things that you have been had ingrained into your existence. Y- you understand the value of uh, paying your bills on time. You understand some s- navigating the middle class world and our institutions, uh, hospitals, banks, schools function in a middle class mindset. So as we welcome our under-resourced neighbors into community and create these intentional friendships, we also can help them to have an additional toolkit by virtue of learning from one another uh, what it takes to navigate the middle class world. And and the old adage that it sometimes takes, you know, it's it's who you know, Mm -hmm. Uh, people in middle class can connect people in poverty to the right people uh, to get that job interview or to get that resource. Now, we don't have to do the job for them. They can get the jobs on their own, but sometimes they need a, 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 an avenue to to meet that person that can get that resource that they need. So yeah. that's what I mean by under-resourced. It's not that they can't get the job, it's that they don't have the avenue to get the opportunity. Yes, that's, this is fantastic stuff. Uh, you're listening to Warp and Move Radio, RadioNX.TV at the Cool Group site. I get so wrapped up in what we're actually doing here that I, I forget to tell everybody, hey, this is who we are and what we're doing here this morning. But we're talking to uh, Jill and Maria about Circles Indie, and uh, I wanted to pick back up on something that you just uh, mentioned uh, a moment ago, too, about uh, the connections that you make with individual people, and it's a two-way street. Yes. So what is it that... Let's say, for instance, you get five or six different folks, financial, uh, social, uh, spiritual connections uh, around an individual person who needs help. Uh, what is it? What is the, uh, the growth process for the people that are helping or sent to help? Yeah, every, yeah Marie's pointing to Jill here. So I guess yeah. <laughs> uh, well, well, volunteering with circles is a different kind of volunteering and so from the very beginning i think you know, coming to this realization was one one, um, one thing that's come out of it um so so um when you come to to circles to volunteer we say just come and be who you are um you know and it's it's about your life experience and sharing that with somebody else and and so you know, there there are ground rules of we, we don't give money, we don't give mm. things. It really is about developing the relationship and um, gaining insight into um, problems in the community that you wouldn't maybe have personal experience with and realizing the barriers that, that people have, um, breaking some of the, the myths that you may 
think of um, that people have and, and really understanding those issues at a, mm -hmm. at a deeper, more personal level, experiencing your, yourself. So for example, I was um, partnered with a uh, circle leader. I was the ally, a volunteer, and, and, and partnered with a circle leader. Um, and um, the person was, was uh, losing their house, being evicted, mm. and so you know, helping that my friend, I, I uh, reached out to different shelters around the community, and after phone call after phone call, I realized there was no shelter available, and so having that personal experience really opened my eyes to you know one of the barriers in the community is not having enough emergency housing, not having enough affordable housing. Mm. Uh, in another case. Um, trying to find uh, uh, an apartment, you know, for a family of a mother and four kids, um, you know, with a limited income, trying, you know, where would I go and look for housing and, and not being able to find that. Now I have a better understanding of the, the need for uh, mm -hmm. affordable housing in the community. Right. Yeah, absolutely. The issue of actually discovering the need, exactly. that's a big deal. Yeah, HB's nodding his head over there going, yep, seen this, been there, done that. Yeah, yeah. I, after doing this almost nine years, I can unequivocally say that the number one issue in terms of poverty in Indianapolis is safe and affordable housing. Mm -hmm. If I could just get that two cents in. Yeah. Um, there sure. are other barriers, but safe and affordable housing is the number one issue. Yeah. For you us. can throw in any two cents you want. <laughs> <laughs> this is, yeah, we want everybody to hear what you have to say about these things. I wanted to come back to the social capital issue. Uh, let's kind of tease that out a little bit more for everybody so that they understand what social capital is. Because I think when we first hear that, I don't know, do we really know what that means? So give us some examples of social capital. Sure. Well, we all have what we would call bonding capital, and that's our relatives that we can call on, um, our, our uh, maybe colleagues that we can call on. But really, you've got to be able to reach beyond that to, to make headway. Um, once you get that safe and affordable place to live, you need to be able to, A, start working on getting a job that is appropriate and that pays enough. And um, you need, you, oftentimes our, our circle leaders, our friends in poverty, don't have uh, resources to connect with beyond that bonding capital. That's where social capital comes in. It can be in the form of a church. It can be in the form of an agency that is helping them to address a barrier. It can be an individual. It can be um, take a lot of forms, but it's beyond that immediate bonding capital. Because let's face it, if you're in poverty, probably those immediate those immediate uh, sources of capital are going to be probably in the same boat that you are. So one of the jokes I say is, you know, for the middle class, if the car breaks down, chances are they're going to be able to call AAA. If you're in poverty and your car breaks down and you can't get to work, you're going to call Uncle Al. Uncle Al may not be able to help. So, so building up the resources because, folks, we can't get anywhere in this life without other people. And if, as a middle class person, think about the people in your life that have afforded you the ability and the opportunity to move forward, whether it's a teacher, whether it's a youth pastor, whether it's a pastor, a friend, um, we have to increase that social capital in the lives of our under-resourced neighbors for them to be able to move ahead. 
And um, it starts with safe and affordable housing. It moves to uh, job readiness, job placement, and then after job placement, where most of our social services kind of stop, it's keeping the job. It's one thing to get a job. It is a completely different animal to keep a job. And so most of our resources go into crisis management. Circles kicks in beyond the crisis management when the job placement happens. And our goal is to help undergird that person to keep that job. Now, what, what really happens in this process or what can happen in the process is uh, a person will be in uh, dire straits. They'll get services from an agency. They'll maybe get placed in an income-based housing situation and then we think everything's okay. They've connected with food stamps or whatever benefits they can and then they'll say, okay, now get a job and make it happen. What oftentimes can happen is the person will get a job, maybe paid eight, nine dollars an hour, run into barrier after barrier after barrier, can't keep it together, circle back to crisis. Now, so once again, starting in that process, so Circle says, okay, we want to kick in at that process where the job readiness and job placement is. Offer community um, accountability, a place to, to question uh, another set of ears and eyes and using our social capital when we can to say, okay, stay the course, keep the job past the 90 days, make it, let, let's stay in one place, in one housing situation for a continuous year, let's say. Keep the kids in the same school and, and allow this community to come in and support. And, and so it's not easy work. Throw money, thank God for the money that we have in the crisis piece of all this. But let's understand that it is a longer process. Oh, yeah. We know that people in generational poverty take four to seven years to reach self-sufficiency. Um, it's a marathon, not a sprint. And so that's where we, we kick in, in a different place along the spectrum. So this is a long-term process. Yes. This is not a run and gun, one and no. done kind of situation that you're investing in. And obviously, you know, you mentioned not throwing money at the problem, but you're grateful for it. Yeah. Uh, but at the same time, what you're suggesting to people is that, you know, if you want to do this, this is a, a personal long-term you have to commit to this over a long period of time, years perhaps, mm -hmm. with individuals and families which uh, actually make this process work. Uh, this is a really important and powerful uh, concern. And obviously, from a Christian vantage point, we're thinking about this from an other-centered uh, vantage mm -hmm. point. Christianity is an others-centered point of view and uh, religious approach to life and things. The whole point behind Titus, for instance, the Titus 3, 1, 8, and 14, is that it's actually uh, bracketed by two very important statements in uh, 2, 11 to 14 and 3, 4 and 5, which focus on Jesus. Jesus makes this possible. And the whole point of being able to help others is because of this Christian view of life and things. We're going to be taking a one song break. And when we come back, we're going to be talking again with Jill and Marie from Circles Indie and the important work that they do. Facebook Live, we're going to stay with you. Uh, radio will be back in about three or four minutes, and when we do come back, we're going to be hearing some stories about things that are going on with Circles Ending. Work on Move Radio, radionext.tv at the Cool Group site. We'll be right back.
when we do come back in and we still are Facebook Live, just I always remember remind everybody that we're still live here. Well, Marie and Jill need to give Rebecca a big shout out. Rebecca Demore is on and she just loves you guys. And uh, Betsy Whaley said that you guys are world changers and she is just glad that you're on the network today. So we got several people feeding in on both lines. Good stuff. So this is the wonder of Facebook Live, and you know HV's got his going on, and I've got mine going on. He takes care of both of those. We've got the radio going on, the podcast later on, the Facebook Live is archived. I mean, all of these what kinds of things. What a miraculous! Well, well, wave it, wave it, Betsy. She's on my page. <laughs> there you go. We love you, Betsy. Thank you. <laughs> So they can still hear. Oh, yeah. Oh, they they see us. See we us. love yes. you. Thank you. <laughs> I always try to remind everybody of this because, you know, just because we're off air on radio, we're still on air. Okay. On, and people see us. So, you know, the radio listener would. Oh. They would go away if you just talked the whole show. Okay. So they need some kind of break because they can't see the people on Facebook. Or, Okay. They're engaged. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. Thank you. So, some way, somewhere along the line, I make a break like I just did, you know, kind of at the end of this. You're all very positive comments here. And then I'll make the break point. And then when we come back in, I'll just kind of rehearse a few things that we talked about. Uh, but I was serious about kind of leaving people with the idea we're going to tell stories in the second part of this. Sure. I think it would be really powerful for you to tell some stories, you know, names, uh, first names or whatever you want to do. Uh, but story is really what drives yeah, uh, communication. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I'm, I teach a course on writing and I'm constantly trying to get my students to tell stories. You know, how can you create a story out of data, for instance? was telling them this week that if you have 10,000 pieces of data, you don't hit people with 10,000 pieces. You take one story out of that 10,000 and you make that the focal point and then the 10,000 wraps around that. So the story uh, platform is huge. Okay. Yeah, I'm thinking of many. I'm sure you have many after all these years. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, this is a big deal. So, um, you feeling good so far? Yes. Yeah. And, good. And, um, I don't know where this fits, but I'm thinking of, you know, in terms of putting the biblical uh, worldview on on what we're doing, and it, there's a story in Acts 3 where the, the um, lame man has been brought to the beautiful gate at the temple every day uh, since he, his teenage years, and he's in his 40s at this point, and uh, the disciples come and they uh, look him in the face that day, and, and scripture is specific about looking him in the face, and they they bring healing to him and he can enter into the, the, the worship for the first time. And, and so I really like that idea of looking him in the face and, I, and they say, I can't give you money, but I can give you Jesus. Mm -hmm. Well, as I'm thinking about that verse, it dawned on me one day, how did this guy get there? Um, scripture tells us that he has his mother, but she's um, up in years, but he's been brought there so that he could performed the job of begging, which was a place where people could earn a living for themselves doing what they could do. So it was like a, 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 a place in society for the this person. Yeah. yeah. And he had a really good spot. So he kind of probably worked his way up to this good spot by a beautiful gate. But who got him there every day? His mom couldn't put him on her back and carry him. You know, somebody every day brought this man to the gate yep. and somebody took him home so that he could help himself. 
That's like an ally. Yeah. Let's start with that. We got about 60 seconds. But one so, thing I, when I was listening, and you mentioned uh, the commitment when people want to take on the resources that you're giving non-monetarily. Uh, how do we how do we get people who are in despair and desperate to understand commitment? Because and I work in a lot of yeah. programs, and when you are desperate, commitment is a long time. Uh, and when you've never finished anything, commitment is a yeah. daunting task. Yeah. So uh, when you finish something, you get that. But when you're just sitting up, how am I going to make it through the day? Yeah. <laughs> I, I Talking think, about six months later, it's tough on a lot of people in despair. So I can I can I can address yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. So we're hearing our commercial. So after the commercial, when I come back, yeah, HP is all about it. I'm all my whole tagline is all community all the time. Oh man, that's how I we like we're better together. Yeah. And we are back. Warpin with Radio Radio TV at the Cool Groove site. Wednesdays from 11 to 11:50. This week we are talking with. Jill and Marie from Circles Indy, and we want to make sure everybody knows what that is. So Circles, with a plural, Indy, I-N-D-Y, dot org. Uh, go check this website out and see the good work that's uh, being done here in and around Indianapolis. So second half of our show, we want to tell some stories, and uh, uh, Marie, you had mentioned uh, a story out of scripture that you yes. wanted to recount. So let's yeah. talk about that first. One, one story that really resonates with me when I try to explain to people how what, how an ally kind of functions, an intentional friend. Uh, we don't use the word mentor because it suggests a hierarchy. We want this to be an, an equal, reciprocal relationship. And so when I think of Acts 3 and, and the, um, the beggar at the beautiful gate in the temple, uh, we know from other scripture uh, that this man is in his 40s. He has been crippled from, from birth. He has a mom, but she's up there in years. And he's probably been doing this for a really long time. He's worked his way up to where his little mat is at a really good place at the beautiful gate. And he supports himself by begging. And every good Jew did two things. They gave alms to the poor and they prayed at three o'clock every day. And so it, this setting in scripture is at the three o'clock prayer time. A couple of disciples happened by and scripture says specifically that that day they looked him in the eye. So, so it must, um, I am thinking, well, maybe other days they didn't, maybe they rushed by, but that day they looked him in the eye and, and they said, you know, I don't have any money, but I can give you Jesus. And they heal him and he can go into the worshiping community for the first time in his life. And it says he dances and there's rejoicing. And I got to thinking about that scripture and I, I, I so, something in the back of my head said, well, how does he get there every day? And does he bring a packed lunch? And, um, you know, how does he get to work? And how does he get home? And his elderly mother, does she put him on her back and carry him to the temple every day? Um, there had to be a group of people committed to getting this man to work and home every day. And maybe they worked up a system and a schedule Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. We're going to take him and you pick him up. Somebody carried this man to his place every day and somebody brought him home. Uh, there was more to his uh, self-sufficiency than just his doing his job. There had to be somebody that enabled him to do his job. Uh, and, and that's how I liken uh, that scripture to what an ally does. They're, they're 
intentionally friends with this person and their job is to say, how can I help you meet your goals? Um, and, you know, we, uh, it might mean accompanying a circle leader to a doctor's appointment because it's been years since they've been to a doctor and they're terrified. I've, I've accompanied circle leaders to really important meetings and, and they'll hear middle class speak and they'll look at me and say, what did they say? And I'll say, they said this, this, and this. And then I'll say, you have the right to ask anybody to repeat what they said. And just as an example of helping them find their voice. Um, we help people find their voice. Most recently here in town, one of our circle leaders um, was involved in, I don't know if anybody saw the news, but for a couple of weeks, lots of news around this, this trailer park on I-70 on the Mary side that was being sold out from under the 70 plus under-resourced families who lived in these trailers on the, the, the near west side. Um, Many of them, our circle leader included, had put every cent she had in June into purchasing this trailer that was 30 plus years old. It wasn't uh, fully, uh, it wasn't warm, but she was working on getting it fixed up. And in August, the uh, landlord sold it out from under them and they were told they had to move. And if they didn't move their trailers, they would be scrapped for metal. And there were they are not going to be able to leave with any assets. Because we had empowered this woman, she began to make phone calls. She brought legislators in who brought resources in. She brought the mayor in. She was on every news station. Um, and I'd like to say that's because we helped empower her to speak up for herself. Now, the land is still sold, uh, but she is accessing resources to get to a new place. That's one of the many stories, and I know Jill has a lot of stories um, about the folks that we're able and blessed to be able to know and work with. This is a great story. and I, I'll just interject this one thing and then we'll jump back to some stories, but I want to make sure that uh, everybody hears me say this. What really ticks me off most about American culture is that we are so obsessed by the bottom line and that the only thing that we really care about is profit. And the issue of uh, anybody that's an individual who only cares about uh, what's in their back pocket or in their purse, uh, this is something that really kind of lords it over. It becomes a god to us in America. Uh, the kind of work that we're uh, seeing and hearing about today in Circles Indy really is pushing back against the tide of the bottom line. Now, that's not to suggest anything bad about business. It doesn't suggest anything bad about ownership. What it does suggest is that we ought to be caring about other people. So we having, want corporations to have a moral compass. Yeah, well, how would that? How, wouldn't that be nice? If they had a moral <laughs> compass. Yes, I'll uh, I'll stand with you on that one for sure. So uh, this is something that's really important for everybody to hear. That you know that you come right out and say things like this. I'm, I'm teaching on the minor prophets right now in my church, and uh, over and over and over again, you see this. The, the real issue isn't about ethnic problems in scripture, it's about poverty issues. Mm -hmm. It's about the rich and the poor, the haves and the have-nots, mm -hmm. and we see this uh, come up constantly. So, all right, I've said my piece. I want to throw it back to you guys about some more stories, though, about the kinds of advocacies that you've been able to promote that will help people in whatever arena they're in. 
Joe, would you like to share something? Sure. So, so what I love about circles is it has the structure that allows people to come together from different different experiences. So, you know, there's a saying we we heard recently at, at faith in action uh, conferences about going to the margins. You know, go out to the margins and meet people. But but the question is, how do you do that? It's difficult. And so, circles gives the structure that allows you to have those different experiences. So. Um, some of my favorite uh, stories of circles are um, celebrating um, graduation. So several years ago, we had a circle leader who sh struggled um, through math class, through, through writing assignments, and um, she was at the Excel Center. But finally, um, um, got to the point of graduation. And so there was a group of us from circles that we were going to be there for her graduation. Nice. And and we went and it was just a, a, a heart-wrenching experience to see her watch walk across the stage. And then we asked her afterwards, well what do you what are you going to do? You know, are you going to celebrate? And the response was she was going to ride the bus back home. There was, she didn't have family there, there was nobody there, but she was going to ride the bus back home. And so we said, let's go out, you know, we need to celebrate this. And, yeah. and it was a, a really um, uh, one of my favorite moments. Um, and we, we also had a circle leader get her um, a bachelor's degree more recently. And so again, just a group of us, you know, being there to support the circle leader and, and celebrate together, um, you know, having and, um, uh, another story is uh, one of our circle leaders connected with Habitat for Humanity. And for me, it was a different experience because oftentimes as a volunteer, community volunteer, you get to meet the family through the process of uh, Habitat mm -hmm. and, and celebrate, you know, at the end. But this was a different because we got to know the family before they were in Habitat for Humanity and see all through that and, and then stay connected afterwards. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, really, uh, as you mentioned earlier, Circles has a structure that allows you, um, um, you know, to participate in, in a variety of different ways. But when it comes down to it, it's about you, you want to be a friend and um, as a friend, you stay involved and engaged over a long period of time. Yeah. Um, you know, some of the folks in our group have been connected for nine, ten years. You know, we've, we've been family for each other. So. The, the official commitment for an ally is, is one to two connections a month for 18 months, but most of those stay friends long beyond the 18 months. And, and the thing that we try to help our middle class folks to do is just put away the to-do list. They want to know, what do I do? And, and I just show up, just mm -hmm. show up and it will bubble to the top and become apparent mm -hmm. how you can invest or be uh, present in this relationship. Maybe you need to help somebody learn to drive. Maybe you need to help somebody learn to budget. Maybe you, they can teach you how to cook. Um, maybe they can teach you a skill that they have. We want this to be reciprocal. Um, I um, am reminded of a time when uh, one of our circle leaders needed to be in a court setting mm. and they were going all alone and we showed up and we ended up being character witnesses and we kind of blew the judge away because of the support that we were able to surround this person with and I really I think it affected the process. Mm -hmm. um, 
we, um, if, if need be, if there's a circle leader that has a special needs child, navigating IEPs, individual education plans, and going to the meeting with them just to be that second set of ears, um, helping them to navigate the middle class world once again. Um, so it is, um, at, it is a process of just presenting yourself for whatever the need is. Mm -hmm. and, and also um, helping you to know what boundaries you need to have in the process on both sides of the table. Um, and circles, we, we eat together every Thursday night, so the table is an important part of what we do. It's actually a non-negotiable, and um, the meal is a part of the program. Uh, vetted and, and trained child care providers. We partner with Tab Church. Tabernacle Prez at 418 East 34th Street has been a partner with us since 2012. And when Jill mentioned our circle leader who became a Habitat owner, that's, that started because they were a family at Tab. Tab invested in Habitat. Habitat came on board and brought corporate into it. And then as circles, we were part of the support. So it was like this perfect storm of, of wow, just imagine what we can do together kind of thing. So um, one, one, th one thing I like to say about circles is it, it helped me take away fear. Um, so, so, you know, a lot of time people will ask me, you know, aren't you, aren't you afraid to go into the community or different parts of the community? And, and my response is, you know, my friends are part of the community. So I want to be a friend and go to these places um, with them. If they have to go there, <laughs> you know, why shouldn't I go there mm -hmm. as well? Yeah. Um, and so it, it's, it, 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 it's relieving, I think, that it helps yeah. understand the community at a different, in a different way and takes away the fear. Oh my, there's so much to say about all of that. I, I was really fascinated by what you said about the table and the hospitality and that that's a non-negotiable and you meet every week. Just as a, a sidebar comment, most every culture uh, has something about hospitality woven through it in one form or another. Certainly true in the Middle East, certainly true in biblical context. Um, I'm interested though to ask the, the follow-up to that question. When you sit at table with each other, when you are being sharing a meal with each other. What does that do for the relationship? It's the great equalizer. Mm -hmm. Everybody's the same at table. So uh, several of our circle leaders have have shared that in in their uh, growing up, you know, there were strict rules about eating and who is allowed to speak and um, <laughs> you know, table mannerisms. And so um, it's very eye opening that that. You know, circles provides this community where everyone you know is allowed to speak, and um, um, it's you know it, it's there for everyone. And um, yeah, what's know really cool around table is is when you come into circles, you don't know who the allies are and who the circle yeah. leaders are, right. and you could have somebody that's just left incarceration sitting with 
a radiologist from Community North having conversation and it just the things that happen around table are things that we can't even control mm -hmm. and resources that are you know oh you need um, Microsoft Office I can help you for um, Office 360 I can help you get that on your computer or um, do you don't have an email let me help you figure out how to have an email mm -hmm. and um, just anybody know anybody who can uh, fix a toilet and they're not going to take me for a lot of money <laughs> you know this is called community and when there's a need oftentimes we find that our circle leaders don't have beds um you know we just say to the community uh, shoot it out in an email hey anybody got any extra beds we've got some people who are sleeping on the floor and and we are able to resource that circle leader with a bed these are just small examples. We, we have a saying that circles works. Circles works. <laughs> circles works. works. Yeah, circles absolutely. And this is really a picture of what I would hope the church could be, mm -hmm. but often isn't, because we get caught up in the do and give, but we don't move on to the equally important engagement. Mm -hmm. And that's once again why we created, why Jill came up with these categories for volunteering. You know, we go into churches and we help, you know, churches want to be involved in their community. That, you know, what do you want to do? We want to be involved in your community. community. Have you thought about changing the way you do it? And, and um, because nine times out of ten, what they're doing is in the do and give category. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about how you might be engaging. What's that look like? Let's talk. Let's talk about that. Jill, I was interested in this too because you had, when we were downstairs talking ahead of the show, you were you kind of went through the four or five points that you have. Why don't you rehearse those for everybody just to give everybody a sense of, of what Marie's telling us about? So, so these came about um, in, in 2016, early 2016. Um, Circles was undergoing a, a shift and. Um, uh, had been under the sponsorship of uh, Julian Center, um, but uh, was looking for a new home. And so we did not want to um, re uh, recreate anything that was already in the community, but we saw there was a niche of when people come to volunteer at Circles, it's a different kind of volunteering. And so we wanted to educate a little bit more about that and saw it as an opportunity. So we formed the nonprofit BRICS Alliance, and BRICS is an acronym for building relationships and community is key for systemic change and sustainability. <laughs> there are S. Yeah, it's a mouthful. <laughs> it's a mouthful, which is why we go by BRICS, but, but it has meaning. Um, and so um, uh, you, BRICS has uh, three pillars of education around volunteerism, example, and circles is the example of relationship-based volunteering, and then in engagement. Um, but um, so under the education around volunteerism, we had come up with four different categories of when you think of any kind of volunteering, they can really be, be um, there's a lot of gray areas, but it can be bucketed into four different categories in, in um, consideration of how close you are to those, the people, the group that you're trying to impact. And so the, the give category is um, uh, shoe drives, clothing drives, uh, fundraising, walkathon, um, you know, and, and you're really far removed from, you don't know who it is that is eventually going to, to be helped or, or receive the uh, donations, but, but you, you want to um, do good in that way. Mm -hmm. um, and then give is where um, you, you 
it's a service, um, uh, skills-based volunteering. Um, you may connect with the people that you're trying to help, um, put a face to the to the to the group. Um, you might. It, it's more of an acquaintance, though. You don't really have that a long-term connection, but you can um, visualize or, or put a face to it. And then the, the engage category is where circles um, is an example of the purpose of the volunteering is to bring people together to form a relationship and grow in understanding from both perspectives. And then the advocate goes beyond advocacy, but it's really volunteering in a way that helps um, somebody have their own voice to tell their own stories because the stories are so important but it's so much better when somebody tells their own story than telling it on behalf of someone else and so finding opportunities where you know if there's a, a poverty forum in the community to say hey to my friend you need to be there <laughs> and tell your story because that needs to be heard mm -hmm. um, and so those are the, the give do engage and advocate are the four categories of volunteering that BRICS Alliance um, came up with and hopes that everyone will, <laughs> will, will think about. Yeah. Now you have had uh, some great success uh, in and around Indianapolis in what you're doing. Let's uh, kind of finalize some of the things that we've been talking about here today. We've just got a couple minutes left. Uh, talk a little bit about the necessity of connecting bricks to circles because some people are going to wonder okay circles bricks i got a lot of s's in there yeah what in the world's <laughs> going on so give us about a 30 second summary about the distinctiveness between those circles is 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 curriculum it's a movement it's a national movement we have a chapter we also have a chapter in johnson county johnson county circles but circles has to have a fiscal home BRICS is the fiscal home for circles. Um, it is a part of BRICS, that's the umbrella. Um, and so uh, BRICS is broader than circles. Uh, Jill, is, is that a pretty good explanation? Mm -hmm. uh, circles is the movement, BRICS is the charity or the nonprofit. Yeah, BRICS gives the financial base exactly. yeah, for exactly. making circles work. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's, that's really an important understanding so everybody gets that. And it's uh, BRICS Alliance Inc. Inc. Mm -hmm. Okay, so BRICS Alliance Inc. What's the website? www.bricksallianceinc.org. Okay, so is it dot org? BRICSalliance.org. BRICSalliance.org. I'm Bricks sorry, Alliance. it's right here in front of it. Okay. And it's circlesindy.org. Okay. Very important to remember that these are nonprofits, hence the .org is important here. If I were going to give you uh, 30 seconds each uh, to kind of finalize some of the things that you wanted to say, tell us uh, in your own words why this is so important to you. Tell us, what would you say? I think that in our day and age, bringing people together across differences is going to be the salvation for our country in a big macro piece, macro picture. Um, I think uh, we've got to bridge those gaps of difference with relationship. Bridging gaps of difference with relationship. That's a that's a tagline right there. Absolutely. Yeah, I need to write that down. <laughs> you've, got it, you've got it archived Good. right now. Jill, how about you from your perspective? I think just thinking about volunteering in different ways, and we focus a lot on terminology, and so by providing you know, terminology to, to different ways to volunteer opens doors to, to how to do it in a different way. Ooh, opens doors, yeah, this is an important metaphor as well. 
Uh, you've been listening to Warp and Move Radio, RadioNext.tv at the Cool Groove site. We come to you on Wednesdays from 11 to 11.50. You can find all of our archived uh, Facebook Live as well as the iTunes. We have two different platforms for that. You can go to the iTunes store, uh, check out Warp and Move Radio, Cominius Institute. Uh, go to YouTube. You can find us uh, there as well at YouTube, Cominius Institute at YouTube. But we also then have uh, our other websites, CommittiusInstitute.org.com and then WarpAndWoof.org. And you can find all kinds of things there, uh, background on the show, as well as background on all of our guests uh, who have been seen there. You'll follow us on Facebook, those of you who are, are watching us right now on Facebook, and can connect with us later on. That's also a real special way to actually make this happen. Next week, we're going to be having Dee Williams back with us again. Really excited for Sierra to be back again. Uh, this is, I think, their third time. We want to promote the good work that they're doing, uh, maybe even connect you guys with that group, uh, which is a, a fantastic uh, organization that helps, especially in the black community with housing. That's oh, a yes. whole discussion point. That's a whole discussion point. We should have that conversation. And once again, everybody, this is one of those things that we're just creating this web of folks in and around Indianapolis. Uh, we do this through Radio Next, grateful for H.B. Bell, uh, who takes care of the producing of this show, grateful for uh, Josh Collingwood behind the scenes, and also Polly Riddell, who makes some connections with us out in the wide world. Warp and Woof Radio, radionext.tv at the Cool Groove site. We'll be back again next week. See you then. Thank you.